It was a time when pro wrestling was a pop culture phenomenon. Talk about your songs, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Pay-per-view quality matches live on free TV every Monday night. Monday, July 6, 1998. Goldberg captured the gold. We look back at the battle between WCW Monday Nitro and WWF Monday Night Raw. It's me, Austin! Oh, son of a bitch! It's me, Austin! It was me all along, Austin! This is Reliving the War with Simon Tackler and Nims Azul. You can call this the new world order of wrestling brother welcome everyone to reliving the war live and exclusive on the gray wolf wrestling network uh, it is the podcast where we do exactly what it says in the tin we relive the monday night wars my name is nims Azort, joined as always by my tag team partner simon tackler someone we're ripping through 1998 and so far so good Absolutely. We are halfway through 98, but also we are two years into the WWE on this show. Our two-year anniversary show from King of the Ring 96. We've made it to King of the Ring 1998, and boy, have things changed in the WWF. It's absolutely crazy. And yes, you did hear right. Uh, This is a WWF show. However, because it is one of the big five pay-per-views, we thought we'd get in a special treat. Our buddy Owen, a.k.a. Digital Beard. Owen, we normally... Oh, let's put, let's be completely blunt. We make you suffer through WCW. So we thought, <laughs> look, for the big five, let's give him a bit of an incentive to keep coming back. And you'll go, dude, do you guys like just want to torture me every month? But Owen, welcome back. And uh, we gave you King of the Ring 1998, which is something that even though you haven't seen a lot of that era, you would have heard a lot about this pay-per-view. Yeah, this is like the grand, this is like the granddaddy of those pay-per-views, isn't it? From like that era, like, you know, so much happened and... I was, and yeah, I've, I've never seen this pay-per-view in full before, so it was actually really exciting for me to, like, you know, watch it. Um, obviously, like, you know, I've seen, like, the like the main match off of, of it. But, yeah, this, seeing the, the whole match in, con- like, the whole show in context was, was very, very cool, and I'm very excited to, to be here. Not, and not have to listen to, um... Tony to Schiavone. M- to Mike tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell Take you. your pick of WCW announcers yeah. there. So, no, Brankenstein. Bra- 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 yeah. <laughs> so, Owen's actually uh, had a good point there, because so many people would have watched this pay-per-view, but only that specific match, the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. So, this would probably be one of the most watched WC- uh, WWE pay-per-views from, I reckon, ever. But no one's actually probably sat from start to finish and watched the whole thing. Yeah, this was one of those legendary pay-per-views, especially back on video, because, you know, there was a, what, six-month wait before things would release oh, yeah. on video. Or you'd have your friend that taped it maybe on main event and would yeah. just, like, lend it around. It? Yeah. yeah, and everyone would want it just to watch the Hell in a Cell match. But it is interesting that we forced ourselves to watch the whole show. Not too bad. Yeah, it was actually pretty decent mm. too. But let, let's get straight into it, okay? Because we start off Hell in a Cell. Now, there is a video package there, which is kind of... it's it, it always jars me when I watch Attitude pay-per-views that have new-gen footage in there. Because, um, like, so, so the new-gen, that was the Razor Ramon era, the... No, it, it, it was like, what was it, like 92 to 96? Was that like... Yeah. It was like... After the Hulk Hogan era yeah, goes, yeah. so 94, 90, uh, 96, 97, when uh, Hogan and Savage went to um, WCW, but it always sort of jars me because like it's only when you see that footage next to WWF attitude footage, it, like, oh, they really changed. Yeah. <laughs> they did a big, big change there. But uh, Can I quickly say something just before we get into the actual like 
the pay-per-view intro video, my first note is even the WWF intro graphic is better than WCW pay-per-view <laughs> intro videos. Oh, the the, the, the little the, signature, the yeah, doom, 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 attitude is, is amazing. It, even that's better than WCW like yeah. intro videos. They are streets ahead, aren't they, too? And the thing is, to like for me, like that is the W. Like a lot of people might have the then, now, forever. Yeah, growing up is that, but that's the one that like we grew up with. Like so, when we see that, it's it's immediate nostalgia into the veins. Yeah, and then you go straight into this intro video, which I assume you're going to say is freaking awesome, pretty great, because that intro video was sensational, very biblical back then, wasn't it? Yeah, well, and as someone who like I don't like I don't watch the the, the WWE F pay per views along with you guys. I've been caught up since the last time I was on a W, which would have been WrestleMania was the last show Correct. I was on. So I've been caught up for four months. That's the great thing about these videos. Not only are they a collection of like cool looking highlights, they kind of tell you enough that if you're not following along week to week, it makes sense. Yeah. And the the theme. So at the last pay-per-view, the theme was Dante's Inferno and it was Freddie Blassie doing the voiceover for it. So they've brought him back. And this is kind of based around the Book of Revelations. And it is so epic. The, yeah. the fact that WWF had the balls to be like, okay, this story is so epic. We're going to compare it to the Bible. And it works because it raises the stakes. And what a great use of an old legend. Like, that would be cool if they did that now. You know, brought an iconic voice back to, to voice some of these videos. I'm almost surprised that they didn't rename The Undertaker like Abel or something. Uh, yeah. At this point in time, because they've got It's people. already on the nose with Kane. <laughs> So we'll get straight into the pay-per-view. Oh, actually, sorry. I do want to say the other jarring thing. We get this epic biblical voiceover promo about death and fire and revelations. And then literally the screen fades to black for like one second. And the next thing you see and hear is Super Soaker Presents with the big green Super Soaker logo. That was so funny. And then the CG guillotine. (laughs) So it's really funny because like this is one of those memories that's ingrained in my brain probably for the rest of my life. So like obviously you guys know and as we can see over, over your shoulders... As we're recording it at my place, I have a shrine of Power Rangers. Um, the way I watched Power Rangers growing up was Mum would tape them off the TV of at like at like three o'clock mm-hmm. um, on Channel Seven because that was obviously school pickup time. That's the time, so, yeah. You know, couldn't go watch it at home. There is an ad from 1998 on Channel Seven, like Australian Channel Seven, about Super Soakers. Like on like one of my Power Rangers VCRs, like taped on TV. <laughs> so like that happened. I'm like, bang, 1998. It's like, and it's probably around that time. So it was probably the same product. They were probably yeah. like, like um, advertising as well. Which I was like, wow, this is so wild. This is a big full circle moment for me it's, it's, and my weird memories. It's insane. But like the other thing too that I found really amusing is so this they had a generic pay per view set in 1998. This was one of them. No, no. no. So Royal Rumble. Um, Royal Rumble had uh, this same set, but just with the sign above that just said Royal Rumble. Then you had No Way Out with that awesome... That, what was the No Way Out set? I can't remember. The, uh, was it the cars? A, no, that was... Um, that was Over the Edge. Yeah, for the two Mick Foley matches. Yeah. But I just love the fact... So for the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and King of the Rings, so they're big pay-per-views. They're just like, ah, just throw in the generic set there. Yeah, just put the metal circle. Yeah. I wonder if the thinking was, because these were bigger shows and they didn't scale up and do stadiums yet, they thought if we do a minimal set, we can put more people in the yeah. crowd behind them for the bigger shows. That is probably true there. Yeah. Uh, but then at the same time, at SummerSlam 98, they go all out with that like highway to hell sort of theme. 
and the doors that sort of uh, it, it it it's almost like at ninety eight SummerSlam ninety eight is when they realise. Hey, we're we're doing all right here. Let's uh, let's let's ramp up the production. <laughs> Do some themes. In our group chat the other week, I sent you a photo. You got you guys a photo of a King of the Rings set with the giant chair. Oh, two thousand and one. Oh man, see now that is a set. Mm. That the giant throne mm. is like the entrance way. When they were confident that they weren't going broke anymore and that they were winning, they, they were like, yeah, <laughs> giant sets. All I can say is, like, and so I'm gonna disagree with me if I'm wrong. Peak WWF sets, a backlash with the swinging sickle. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, so let's get straight back into the pay view. We'll, we've got Tucker Michinoku and the Headbangers taking on the OG Kai and Tai. Uh, and I'll start off with the first thing is like Tucker Michinoku coming out like trying to hide that he's dressed as a <laughs> as a um as a member of the Headbangers just popped me for some reason. Yeah, I love it when someone teams with a tag team and they adopt their gimmicks. I love it. So when he had Unless the headbangers it's out... There, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want him being part of LOD. But yeah, Tucker being a headbanger for a night was pretty fun. Also, Kai and Ty... Um, Dick to go wearing a... Iron Maiden shirt. He was more of a headbanger than them. But it was like... I was trying to... It, it, was, it was definitely... It was definitely a, a, um, a bootleg Maiden shirt. Was it? All of those... All of the all of the Kyanto OG shirts look like they were bought at the, the Queen Vic market. <laughs> because, market. Oh, because I couldn't make out what album it was. Yeah, it did look a it bit It looked weird. like Live After Death, but it looked a mix between... It also looked between... Um, um, it wasn't a Blaze Bailey era made in show. Was it? A, That's what I was thinking because of the year. Because I, <laughs> I looked at the back of it and I couldn't, and there was no Bruce Dickinson on there. So it may have been a Blaze, but it could have been X Factor. That's hilarious. I also want to say, Kai and Ty, for this pay per view, have all lost their first names. Oh, yes. They were announced as just Funaki, Teo, and Togo. Togo, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Three points for anyone who can uh, tell me all their first names. Well, Dick Togo. Dick Togo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we know that one. Shofunaki. Yep. And the other dude. <laughs> yeah. Men's Teo. Men's, yes. Ah, there you go. Um, An M-E-N apostrophe S. Yes. Oh, possessive. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. I was thought it was weird. See, <laughs> what an I, odd name. <laughs> I love the fact that Dick, that, that Dick To Go is still wrestling. Is he, he is really? In New Japan. Yeah, he's in oh, New Japan. Wow. He's he's part of the. Uh, he's like the, it's like P, uh, PCO, like still going. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, part, of, he's part of Bullet Club Japan. <laughs> he's doing all right. He's, he's not doing too bad. Uh, now, as I, I, my first note here is JR's different ways of referring to Japan is hilarious. <laughs> the land of the rising sun, men from the Orient, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, which is good to see that he's uh, grown out of that. In oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Konsuke Takeshita still cops cop that the other week, but I must say, I love like. I know King is very divisive. When he called him Taka Mitcha No Clue, I lost <laughs> yeah. it. Like, yeah. that is really good. Stuff like that, you can applaud. Like, when, he, really, when he does word puns, like, oh, that's fine. I popped for it so much. I'm like, this is very, very good. This is very funny. King's very much... Like, J.R. and King, we're in that real purple patch where they are just bouncing off each other left, right, and center here. But um, I was actually shocked that the crowd was way into this. I was so hot for this. I think we've been shocked a few times at how over the headbangers yeah. were. And also... And Tucker Michinoku. Tucker. People bought into it because he's the one underdog. You know, they're not making him a foreign heel or really that goofy or, you know, a comedy character. He's just a really good wrestler who is seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen him team up with Bradshaw, now the Headbangers. And the Headbangers aren't just over. Man, they're surprisingly good. I'm always shocked at how good they are in I, the ring. I, I, yeah, the Headbangers are surprisingly good. This whole match, 
was very good. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed this. As an opener, it's what you want as an opener on a wrestling card anyway. But, yeah, this whole match was so much fun to watch because it was a bit of fun. And Kai and the, I were bumping like were, mofos. I love the fact that Fanaki was just wearing shorts, knee pads, and a Nike hoodie. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, real he really didn't put much in his ring gear. He really looked like an indie guy in his first match. Yeah. All of uh, basically all of um Kyantai in their first run, the OG Kyantai, just looked like Mikey Whipwreck, uh circa nineteen ninety seven. Um so Kyantai, like I said, bumping around like madman. Taka Michinoku gets the win with the Michinoku driver and then does the the like the three way headbanger run and bump into each yeah. other, like which is just so cool because and I love that the headbangers like fully embraced it as well. Yeah. It was a really cool match cool. to start us off with. Uh, we get to our next bit, which is Sable. She comes out. Now, this is a month after she was fired, correct? Like, she was fired at the last paper. She was fired because Mark Mark Mero suckered her in into the uh, the roll-up because it was, if Mero wins, Sable, Sable is gone. And, and Mero was like, no, no, I'm going to do the right thing and let you pin me. And then he rolled her up, which was great. And then celebrated like he just won the Olympics, like the Kurt damn, Angle style. That damn wild, man. But <laughs> then on Raw, what they did is that Sable was fired, but Vince McMahon said, I'll hire you back, but you have to kind of be my personal assistant. It never really goes anywhere. I'm pretty sure they wrap it up in a month or something. Um, But yeah, this was that. So Sable comes out, and I want to say, I can't believe the cameramen did a close-up on one of the signs here. Maybe they didn't know what it meant. Mm. But obviously at this era, Austin 316, everyone would do a piss take sign. It was Sable 469, and they just did a full close-up yeah. on that sign. Well, Francine pioneered that one, didn't she? Yeah, that was a Francine gimmick. Oh, okay. That was a Francine gimmick at ECW. Yeah. He didn't Around WWE. the same time, yeah. Crazy. So, but, um, I must say, though, I jumped the gun. Because um, my first note is we definitely have a drizzling shits match because Sable's ringing out sick. <laughs> so I jumped the gun. I yeah. apologize. No, she hasn't taken the sunny spot. Yeah. Although, is Sunny done at this point? I think she is. I yeah. Mean, in 2022, she definitely is. <laughs> I know. So we've praised her a lot on this show. That's now going to so, stop. So, there's a, so there is a line from JR that I had to write down, which is a lot of my friends in Oklahoma. Oh, I, yeah. Would marry her dog to be Just part of her family, family. and so when good. Jerry the King Lawl is the one going, what, what on <laughs> earth are you on about? Like that is crazy. So then, yeah, Sable then comes out to introduce Vince McMahon, and Vince and the Stooges are booed. Patterson comes out and touches Sable on the behind. Uh, to which Sable doesn't take too kindly to it and slaps him. Oh, yeah, and then Pat Patterson says the most sexist thing ever. But JR has the line of the night where he says that uh, that's territory that Pat Patterson is unfamiliar with. <laughs> now, as did you a, pick up yeah, my I did. I wrote that down. As a kid, that made no sense to me. None of this made sense. I just thought he's a creepy he's old man. He's a creepy man. old man, yeah. And you watch it back now, they're just taking the piss out of poor Pat Patterson, and he would yeah. go along with these things. He would. And he said, yeah, in broken English, he said something like, I dare a woman to slapping me or yeah. I don't know he was very angry yeah, but he, can I just say Sable slapped the ever loving crap oh, out of him the, he, 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 he couldn't taste for a month the <laughs> taste yeah. was gone he was back in Rio de Janeiro <laughs> yeah, winning that winning. first Intercontinental Championship that's, <laughs> it. That's, that's how loopy he was there <laughs> But um, now this we we always talk about how there's no real stop down segments in WWF papers, yeah, but I reckon this, this is probably this, the first one. This Vinnie Mac promo dragged. It did go a little long. Uh, we did know. I don't know if you guys noticed in the first match they mentioned that was one of two bonus matches added to That's the right. show. Yeah. So maybe they were running short and they sent Vince out for a promo. The promo was good, 
because he's not in full like cartoon villain mode yet. Yeah. He's kind of more uh, he's still, a he's still subtle a heel. Of, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Tr- he's trying to like, BS the crowd, but it, it went longer than it probably should have. It had like the thing is the promo had substance, but it just took forever. Yeah, and that was the frustrating thing as a, as a viewer. The best part was like there's a line where he says, "How many people came here to see Stone Cold Steve Austin get defeated?" And everyone's like, "Woo!" And it's just like, "Am I had you just giving away the finish?" <laughs> oh, but I love how he he's just sort of like. People cheer for that because they just heard Stone Cold and didn't yeah. care, care what the hell said. Also, did you notice the amount of crotch chopping that was done in the crowd at the <laughs> oh, time? Oh, so much. Uh, it's, it's, it was the style at the time. Uh, speaking of the style at the time, let's get to our Jeff Jarrett match of the night. <laughs> <laughs> now, JJ has dropped the gladiator sort of look. He just comes out in that weird... It's almost like he's transitioning from the old school Venetian curtains into the silver tights with the JJ on the side because but he's also got rid of the the gladiator look. Yeah, he's kind of in a weird phase here. This part of Jeff Jarrett's career is kind of odd because he came back to WWE, we've mentioned it before with a different character. He was going to be serious and he cut a shoot promo on his first night. It went nowhere, so they turned him back into the country singer. Clearly, he didn't want to do it, because I think two months later, he finally transitions into what is really classic Jeff Jarrett, the one who would exist for the rest of time. Yeah, But here, with Tennessee Lee, it's just like, it is awful. And also, talking about signs that I'm shocked they acknowledge... A sign says, ain't he gay? And not only did they show it on camera... JR acknowledged it. JR acknowledged it. And then King was like, oh, that sign isn't true. JR, uh, he's like, Jeff Jarrett's here fighting. He's not at that parade in California. Yeah, or that right. like, Philadelphia. Yeah, no, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe they just mentioned it. But I must it. say, though, the only good thing about this whole Jeff Jarrett thing is like the spinny sparkles on his sign. Oh, yeah, great pyro. That yeah. pyro was sick. That was the only good thing I popped for in that entrance. <laughs> Meanwhile, JR goes through the absolute full Wikipedia history of Ken Shamrock. Oh, he does. Like everything from like, you know, like what his favorite cornflakes are to, you know, his, <laughs> his dad raised him on the streets and all this sort of stuff. But uh, Shamrock's such a massive person though, isn't he? Like his back is the size of Tennessee Lee and Double J. He looks like an action figure when he comes he out. He looks like, like Ken Shamrock, Shamrock is like, amazing. In fact, if you look at the Ken Shamrock Bendham figure, he, it, where it's like, he, it's exactly the same as he is right <laughs> Right now. He's a, as one of my favorite terms I've learned from my years in wrestling. He is an upside down Dorito. <laughs> he is an upside wow, down. Wow, that's amazing. He is an upside down corn chip. He stands there. He's just like from the shoulders into the waist. He's a triangle. Yep. Wow. <laughs> so the thing with um, it's a pretty quick and decisive match. But I'm I'm just gonna show uh, a photo of the Ken Shamrock Bendham. And tell me... <laughs> it really is. <laughs> That's the most lifelike action figure I've ever seen. Like, tell me that that is not 100% Ken All you need to do is just, like, colour him in orange a little bit because he was very, very tan. Very yeah. tan. And then yeah. that's pretty much bang on. He but was he, the colour of a Dorito. He, but, he was. He was cheesy. you want to talk yeah. about, like, some fantastic likeness. Like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. The way, the, the way he just stared. The, the stand is so just so good. good, yeah. So, um... Look, I'll tell you what, though. The... Because it was a pretty short match. Yeah, very it short, did, yeah. did the job. That Rana before the ankle lock. I mean, the spike Rana. was horrific. <laughs> it was like it was just like Jeff Jarrett's head meets the bottom of the of of, of the arena, just gunk yeah, with and the was, force of a hurricane Rana. It was so gross. <laughs> but yeah, um, also 
it's a weird ending too because then Tennessee Lee gets involved and gets suplexed for his, which sort of seems like Ketchum was like, get out of my rig. Yeah, yeah, he just gives him a real quick belly to belly. Not a bad match for what it was. It was just super quick. It was Shamrock going through basically his greatest hits of moves. Yeah. Did you guys notice though? I've mentioned this before. Ken Shamrock is, you know, Irish. Shamrocks are Irish. He has the clover leaf and on his tights and his jacket or whatever. He uses lots of Irish whips because Irish whips, yeah. domestic whips in his case, Dem- just just whips, <laughs> just whips. Yeah, yeah. Or- or- he- orange whip, orange whip, <laughs> three orange whips. He does about ten Irish whips in this yeah. match. So much of his offense is I'm going to throw you into the ropes. Yep. He does it, then he kicks him. He does it, then he does a hurricane runner. He does it, then a belly to belly. And, and like- that's why I'm sad that him and Bret Hart never had a match together. Because imagine, because like obviously Bret Hart is the best at taking any form of turnbuckle bump ever. Yeah. Imagine the front buckle bump. <laughs> From all the Irish, off an Irish, off again. He'd probably he'd probably just explode in the dust. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see that much anymore. If you were wrestling Ken Shamrock, you had to have been ready to run. You needed some good cardio. cardio. Some very good cardio. Strange style, but anyway, he makes him tap out real quick. He puts on the ankle lock straight away. They never milked it back then. You know, Kurt Angle would have the ankle lock on a guy for like five minutes. Ken Shamrock, once it's on, it's over. So I, I reckon he probably really didn't know how to work it that much. So he <laughs> no, like like, I and I was just like, no, I'm out. The Rock did the same thing. Like, yeah, because it was very much like once he had it snapped on, it was almost like like an RKO. It was an ankle lock out of nowhere. Yeah, that's how they yeah, treated it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get our next match is The Rock with Karma, who is now the Godfather, and he's acknowledged as the Godfather. Yeah, I did see that. On air versus Dan Seven, who I've written down here. Dan Seven looks like Tom Selleck. Uh, right now, <laughs> he like, does. Dan Sevens always look like Tom Selleck. No, but more so this time around, like because he's got the dad shirt on. He oh, comes out, man. He's... He, like, what, 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 what was my note about this? Dan Seven, a weapon, forty years old, looks like a dad who will beat you if you stepped if you stepped on his New Balance. <laughs> it's it's just it's another short match. Yeah, it's so short. It's also, why do people say Dan Severin? Like it's. I don't know. That would annoy me so much. It annoys the hell out of like it, like even people now say Dan Severin. It's yeah. like, no, it's not R E N. Yeah, it's E R. It's Severn. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Uh, look, it's it's not really. That's how quick that match was. Basically. Oh, literally, it was pretty quick. It was a a decent one. And also, is this the first time we see D'Lo Brown in the chest protector? I yes. also mentioned that. Yeah. Because we see the video before the match starts of Dan Severn doing his chest stretched to D'Lo mm-hmm. and I wrote down ooh this leads to the legendary chest protector I didn't realise he runs in in the match with it on and it was great also I like the fact that, that a chest protector will um will help your body from a, a internal muscle, injury a muscle injury yeah. yeah and then you're gonna you're gonna jump from tw- you're gonna go do a frog splash from 10 feet yeah um and then land on your chest, and your, your chest will be fine. It's wrestling. It's like when a guy's got a broken arm and a cast on, he'll use that as a weapon. Yeah. If you had a cast on and you hit someone, and your, your arm, arm breaks again. Yeah, <laughs> again. But um, also, can we just acknowledge the fact that The Rock was very, very wet? Yes. <laughs> well, both was... men were wet. Dan oh, Seven's t-shirt was soaked, but, but The Rock... It's literally just like the, the Rock's come out from the lake behind the arena and gone, <laughs> all right, boys. Like, it's, he's done the reverse Jim Courier. That's a 997 <laughs> reference for you. Instead he, of jumping into the river after winning a championship, he's coming out of the, the river. So The Rock, actually, this must be like... I don't want to... like Maybe it's like part of the Samoan dynasty, like passed on from, from generation to generation, that before you get into the ring, Roman, you must get into the shower, <laughs> then get into the... <laughs> that's true because <laughs> Roman Reigns when he comes out looks Soaked. like literally you know what they should do 
But instead, because yeah, obviously, like Stone Cold, so, no, um, Goldberg had like the the shower of um, sparklers. They should just have a shower. Just, and just walk through shower. water. Why are these guys soaked <laughs> all the time? Great bit of commentary, though. I can't believe this made it to air. I wouldn't have noticed it as a kid. Um, JR says. Dan likes to go to a joint to work on. And King says, oh, is that like different to the joints that you like to go to? And (laughs) And there's a bit of silence. And JR's like, oh, oh, that's not necessary, King. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, which if you've heard JR's podcast in the modern era, he'll openly talk about enjoying joints. That's crazy. Hilarious. Um, There are so many of those little like one-liners sprinkled throughout 1998 pay-per-views, you know, all of that stuff. It's just for them. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) just purely for them. Because at that point in time, they're like, oh, look, once it's said, it's out there, we can (laughs) pop about it. You know what I mean? Uh, So we get to a little Al Snow video package, which I've just written the dot point of, yep. Yeah. Oh, we should mention too, The Rock won the match. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Rock Obviously, yeah. to yeah. go and fight Ken Shamrock. So D'Lo comes the back, the chest protector. We got sidetracked for the chest protector. <laughs> <laughs> so D'Lo comes out with the chest protector, does a um, a frog splash, Rock gets the pin, happy days, he moves on to the final to take on Ken Shamrock. Then we get to an Al Snow video package, which uh, explains the story of Al Snow. And I like that they preface it, like, if you don't know who Al Snow is, here's a little bit of it. And even then, during the package, you didn't really know much about him. No, and poor Michael Cole doing the voiceover for this just sounded like he had a gun to his head. And they were like, you better smile and sound as happy as you can to be talking about Al Snow. And you know who had the gun to his head? Head. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? Cole is just like, Al Snow is a really fun guy. And it's just like, you hate this so much. (laughs) It's funny because you do remember... Like, this is clearly the era where Vince Russo has just been given the balls. Like, say what you want, Vince. Just just please, please don't mess up Austin. Yeah. Or Undertaker. Yeah. Or Mankind. And do what you want with everything. You know, see that, see that mid-card? All yours, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all yours, 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 baby. All yours. I, I was never the biggest fan of the Al Snow stuff as a kid. Watching it back as an adult, I hated even more. Oh, it is really it bad. so rough to watch. I yeah. watched it this morning. I'm like, I... I could I could have slept an extra eight minutes. Yeah. The only thing is, uh, so too much uh, are the opponents here versus Al Snow and Head. That's right, Head. There are a lot of head puns as well, and a lot of head innuendo. And Jr. Even head throws, where? It, oh, sorry. It, it, Jr. Even <laughs> throws out the line, "A lot of head fans out there," yeah. <laughs> which is basically that is literally the entire premise of Al Snow with Head. Yeah, that's all it was to make those jokes. And poor Jr is on commentary alone because King is the special ref for this. I just want to say, it is weird seeing too much team up before they were too, too cool. cool yeah. Like, they look so... It just feels wrong. Did you yeah. know much about too much? No, I mean, I love Scotty Too Hotty, so I was all about it. So. <laughs> it's like a weird part of their... Like, unless you own WrestleMania 2000, there's not a lot of people that would remember that they were, uh, like, almost gay male models, wouldn't you say? That was kind of, yeah. Implied. It was a lot of, like, yeah... Well, so was that dubbed? Was that dubbed music? That was no, that was their actual music. Really? Because it did not suit their walk, their their, no. their actual entrance. That did not suit the actual music. Yeah, they were just like the lowest on the totem pole of the tag teams. They were a joke and jobbers, it and was, they turn it around in a year or so. Yeah, what I, what I love though was when King like clotheslined El Snow out of the ring, and then um, then Jr. went full Vince McMahon propaganda. And was one Mr. McMahon was Mr. McMahon has twenty inch round arms. Kings aren't close to that. I'm like, 
why are we mentioning Invisible yeah, Man? Yeah, why like, did like, he what's mention with, What's the with the arm? VMAC propaganda? <laughs> Vince must have just been yelling. In yeah. the headset, remember how big my arms are, pal? <laughs> I haven't been on commentary for a year, but you still love me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so King is the special guest ref. Now, too much win after Brian Christopher gets the pin on head by putting a bottle of head and shoulders on head. Kind of funny. But yeah. uh, but it's funny in the, it's yeah. funny ha ha not like you know slapstick dude you got to check out this match kind yeah. of funny. I remember reading about the finish of this match in the old WWF magazines because remember they would have the pay per view oh, recap yeah, and it right. would say what match and what happened and it was like oh and he won with head and shoulders and I didn't really know the brand head and shoulders yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I don't think it was a big thing we just were, yet we in be, Australia so back in the day Selson Blue Five ran the anti dandruff shampoo yeah yeah that Bro, was the big one I saw you Selson Gold there like that shit's fantastic Selson yeah. clearly has the mark so if you know it doesn't really work for the joke if uh, too much win via Selson Blue Five <laughs> <laughs> they, they had to hammer this home and really push that oh get it because now head has shoulders and the shoulders are down and King pinned it. You can hear a pin drop. The crowd doesn't care. And then JR. Oh, with, you with can, Call of the Night. Which one? <laughs> um, when he goes, when, <laughs> when he was like, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's definitely the first and will definitely be the last time we see that. Yep. <laughs> it was awesome. JR throughout this show kept calling back to this match saying how much he hated, hated it. it yeah. He yeah. says it was bowling shoe ugly, which is his code for saying that match wasn't good. And he keeps saying, he's like, yeah, we'll never see it again. He's like, some people might have enjoyed it, but I, you know, but yeah. I doubt it. Like, yeah. Absolutely crazy stuff there. Uh, Jay, I did mention that Jay did a good job solo and commentary. Like, he, he, for what it was, it was... Well, uh, he had a great line when Al Snow tagged head and he was all excited. He's like, the head is the legal man. And then he goes, what the hell am I, I saying? Say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next match is X-Pac versus Owen Hart. Fun fact, to get X-Pac's theme... To play in WWF Attitude, you have to change the settings from PG to teen. Really? Yeah. Why was that considered a teen know. theme? You come out because if you come out where in its default settings, he comes out to the DX theme. But uh, also, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I think X Pucks. Thank you, theme thank you. Is better yeah, than the original. That's my much first as I love the original. Yep. That's my yep. first note. It's, yeah, my the actual note is X Pucks music has no right to go this hard. Yeah. But yeah, it's the, the be- is- it's the best. Thi- out of all the DX scenes, the thing is though, yeah. it is very X Pac centric. Oh, absolutely! Like, like with X Pac, <laughs> like the guy just seems like he's he's just been given he's been given the lyrics uh, that's just been written in like uh, paint, and it's been out in the rain. So he's just like, I can make out X Pac, I can make out the rest. Uh, it's, it's, it. it's like when you when you have a receipt from JB, it's like faded after yeah. a year. It's like, well, I need to go claim the warranty for. <laughs> Beats. It's like a headphones. Dre. It's like those uh, those petrol coupons that you keep in the car, but you've kept them there for too long, and they're now sun damaged. And all you can make out is X Park. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's good. It's as, as I get older, I'm like, I think I like this and, one more. Well, speaking of music and yelling their name, does every nation member have their own remix of remix? the song? Yep. yep. Okay. It's pretty cool. Which then, if you if you follow the uh, um, and I believe myself and Mikey J have had this conversation a very very long time. Like, The Rock's theme song evolves from the nations to the current one that yeah, we have now. Yeah. It is so cool. It is cool. Great work there by Jim Johnson. Also, a fun fact, uh, this is actually a 1994 King of the Rings semi-final rematch as well between Owen Hart and... Uh, and the one, one, two, three, two, three, three kid. kid. Yeah, I that match it. goes 
off. off. That one from 94 is like five minutes long and they crammed so much into it. This was never going to be as good because X-Pac is fresh back from his broken neck. Broken neck, yep. But good, very, very good match still. And my, my first note of the actual match itself was all, well, actually firstly, pink X-Pac gear is a vibe. We talked about that before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pink X-Pac gear is great. Um, the leg lariat is an underappreciated wrestling move. And I'll hear another word, a bad word about a leg lariat. Because that one that Owen hit like early on was the best. I really like, I really can't get into Owen's danger outfit. It still always jars me. I like it. But I like it better than the big OH that he used, that he had on the side. Which I didn't even realize said OH until you mentioned it a while <laughs> back. Because I didn't realize it was meant to match Jeff Jarrett's JJ, JJ when yeah. they were team. Yeah. I don't think even Owen knew that. Like, yeah, <laughs> he just I'll put it on. Yeah, Owen it. didn't but care. If, if you'll no, shut, I thought it was great. If you <laughs> if you shut up, I will wear it. Okay? Yeah. Um, now this, you're right. This was a, a damn good match. There was probably the world's crappiest Bronco Buster in it though from X Park. Like there are. A Is that when he almost flew through the ropes? No, oh, I, feel like, I feel like one. I feel like Owen Hart was like, "You can do it, but I'm not really taking it." Because yeah. 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 he moves his head real far back, and he was like, "That's all I'm giving you." <laughs> uh, also, though, on the flip side, Owen Hart at one point throws X Park into the timekeeper's area. Oh my god, he just was murders the timekeeper! Yeah. Amazing, he just threw him through the table into the dude. And that was before there was the cool like barricade around the area, so it was just this this, this little wooden table. <laughs> And stuff like, on it Dunk. and there's the timekeepers just sitting there going <laughs> this, this match is actually quite a stiff match yeah, too. Like, there are a great. lot of stuff where you're just like oh jeez but it's a bit of salt and pepper on that I feel steak. like uh, I've written it here this was definitely the sleeper match on the card though because obviously the card like, everyone, everyone remembers the first blood match the cage match and maybe the actual King of the Ring final King of the Ring final but yeah. this match is so good yeah. like so damn good it's the best of the card I reckon yeah like in terms of the pure wrestling but, match but um I uh, yeah I I really really liked it. Um, also, uh, Jr. was like not not Jr. Sorry, King was like Owen Hart has made his na- a name for himself in South Africa where we are where we are televising live, and I'm like, has he though? I guess did we'll Owen Hart wrestle in South it. Africa? <laughs> Maybe on well, one of their weird tours. Yeah, the weird t- like you forget that like so back in the day there were a lot of VHSs where it's like WWF World Tour where they're in Kuwait. They're in Africa, and they're just like, well, I guess I got to monetize these tours somehow. And supposedly in- Bret Hart was super over in South Africa, so maybe Owen was too. Mm. Big Hart Foundation territory. We Think, don't know. Well, apparently Kuwait was really big Ahmed Johnson country. <laughs> they loved like, him because World Tour '96 he takes on um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Austin's the one that has to do like you know like do you're the, the jabroni here. Do mate. the work. Yeah. Um, here's another one too. So. The, there's a superplex spot which is sort of sets up the finish. It's absolutely brutal. Like they just sort of like gravity takes over and just they just fall <laughs> off the top. And then Mark Henry comes out with a splash on X Park, and then Vader comes back and he's got his mask back. Do they explain that? No, I think he just put it on. It was uh, mask first mask, but he was yeah, like, no, oh, I'm putting this one on. So I, it, it barely covers anything. It, yeah. It's not like you don't know what he looks like <laughs> yeah. and you can see him. Everyone saw those two episodes of Boy Meets World. Everyone, <laughs> well, exactly. everyone knows what Vader looks like. I want to talk about this finish, though. As good as the wrestling is in this match, this finish is one of 
just the best, most perfectly organized run in finishes. Because mm. there was like seven going on at once. So much going on, and it's all timed perfectly. Because it so, started with the China low blow. Or no, it well, start with Vader running it. No, it starts with Mark Henry splashing X Pac to the outside while the ref's not looking. Then China gets in Mark Henry's face. Yeah. Then Vader runs out and absolutely collides into Vader. It was like, you know, when into people Mark run Henry. at each yep. other with. Yeah. Um, with, medicine with, balls with or whatever. Balls, yeah, 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 exercise yeah. balls and fly away. Yeah, when Vader and Mark, Mark Henry. Henry collide. Then Owen gets on the sharpshooter and you think that's the ending, but the ref's not looking. The ref's looking at Vader outside. So China DDTs Owen while he's in the sharpshooter. Oh, spikes him too. So good. Yeah, Owen just goes head first, then X-Puck gets the pin. Which is and, the arm over as well. Yeah, desperate pin. And by this point, the crowd is going absolute... Ape, bonkers yeah. and yeah what an excellent run and then in, and then yeah in in there at some point the, like china does the low blow the low blow as well well no that's later no, that, that's no, later that's later my my apologies but just to china's map, got a working boots on in this she does a lot and yeah. her cool and her cool backwards beret yeah, cool the dx beret <laughs> but just to organize it like there's a perfect running finish very very cool um so yeah um x-park gets the win i always find it amazing that like you know we're not even 12 months after the montreal screw job and everyone's just sort of basically forgotten. Like, the WWF has done such a fantastic job of whitewashing they've to the mo- point where the surviving heart is the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, they've just moved everyone on. Like, like, Vince is a bad guy. Owen's doing this stuff. Well, we don't need to talk about this like, anymore. Brett who? Brett who? Yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, like, you can say, oh, Owen's in the mid card. Owen is doing better than Brett right now on the very other channel. Much so. <laughs> very, very Don't much. Don't know if so. we're like, like, oh, Brett, Brett Hart. Oh no, we only know Bart Cardiac. Like, <laughs> sorry guys. And I'll, did you guys notice the guy who walked past with a sign during this match? No. They cut quick. Uh, it's a sign of the times, that's for sure. It says Tommy Lee is the only man that can beat China, and Ooh. it was like Jesus. Oh my lord! Signs at wrestling crowds were basically what modern Twitter is. Yep. It was like, why are you <laughs> saying this in public? Yep, Did you see? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure you guys will completely understand the references, but um, between Dynamite, re- one of the most recent Dynamites, and um. Helen Cell, these two guys had conversations with via signs. Mm. So there's one guy in Helen Cell was like, Kingdom Hearts, the video game, isn't as hard as people think it is. It's the actual sign he says. <laughs> and then this guy who was sitting in like the same spot like on the camera on Di- like on Dynamite. That Sega Saturn sign on was Dynamite <laughs> was like, explain this as like a reference to Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and I really hope he cut he claps back at the at, at, at the money next. in the bank. Yeah, I really hope this is ongoing <laughs> See, because I love it. Before social media it was all about signs at wrestling shows. The signs. Bring that back. Um Paul Bearer is out next for a little promo, and the only note I've got down for this one is there seems to be a lot of home invasions back in the Attitude Era. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Seeing that video where he talks about The Undertaker breaking into his house is so good. Like, what a segment that is. Just so every, let's look at the list of people whose houses have been busted into. Brian Pillman's. Undertaker goes into the thing. Stephanie McMahon gets abducted. Like, there's just everyone. It's just like, first off, it just seems to be they always have a camera crew at their house, mm. which is lucky. It's kind of like, it's like, why would you live in Summer Bay? It's like, something's always, something bad is always happening <laughs> yeah. in Summer Bay on Home and Away. Why would you live in WWF world? Yeah, yeah like, someone's going to break in. <laughs> Do you reckon or- that Paul Bearer is having a bit too much fun with this segment? I think Paul Bearer in this era is pretty great. He just goes for it. He's so over the top. Highlights more Paul Bearer is something else. Um, so that's basically about it here for Paul Bearer. We get to our next match, which is the New Age Outlaws versus the new Midnight Express. 
Yawn. What else is boring? But um, poor the- Jr. and King oh. confusing who's bodacious and who's Who bombastic is pretty fun. <laughs> but the, oh, best, man. The, the best thing is, so the New Age Outlaws they are hundred percent peak New Age Outlaws. Oh, that, they've got the the intro down one hundred percent now. This is the one that we know and love. They even got, even to the point where they've they've ditched the South Park shirts. Now they're in their actual gear that that we know and love. Um, this is peak New Age Atlas here, but I do love how the NWA tag team titles are really just poo-pooed by the WWF tag team belts. It's like, it's like they are the NWA tag team champions, but those crappy belts aren't on the line. It's time for the good ones. Yeah, the real ones. I, I will say though, Jerry Lawler is excellent in a part of this when JR's like, oh, you know, it's crazy to think that people love DX, especially the Outlaws. And King gives a really concise explanation of why people love DX. He says the New Age Outlaws are like South Park and Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons. They're a little bit offensive. He's like, but that's the mood of the people right now. He's like, people want to be able to say what's on their mind and they want to be able to tell their boss or their teacher or someone they don't like what they really think. And they're like, people can live through the New Age Outlaws. And like, Yes, exactly. That's exactly. That is fantastic. That is the attitude era 101. <laughs> and well I love done. that King was meant to be the heel, but he even he said, he's like, even I like these guys. Yeah. And yeah, brilliant. So it's actually, which was pointed out too, like Bodacious Bob and, um, bombastic. and, butt, and bombastic Butt, butt Gun, um, they, were, they were actually like, I like how they brought up they were former tag team champions at some point with Billy Gunn. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. They, well, they were brothers. But um, I will say, Bart and Billy, though, their opening exchange is actually fantastic. Yeah. Like, for two giant guys, actually mm. did a, had a really nice sequence. We often forget that Billy Gunn, actually, like, this is where he, he brought it back in this era. Work here. Yeah. Billy Gunn, I feel like, has always had his working boots on. Yeah. Like, people might give him shit, like, for, like, his character work and stuff. But very much always, like, I've always loved watching him, like, no matter what gimmick he's had, because he's so good. Yeah. And also, when, I must say, though, when, um... When uh, when the king mentioned Mister Ass, I, I I could I I just thought of the Ass Boys. <laughs> it's it's ah. see that gimmick never dies. Yeah. It's and, perfect. And that damn Danhausen. The, the the best part about the entire thing is that like I always love Billy Gunn because for his uh, complete rudeness to take a selfie with someone because at that time I saw it WrestleCon overheard him. Someone's like, hey, might even get a photo. It's like you can pay her twenty bucks with everyone else at my table. <laughs> Always working. Always working. Well done. Uh, the ending to this was pretty fun, though, because we get a belt shot and it doesn't end the match. Mm. So I think uh, Billy Gunn is hit with one of the NWA, NWA titles, titles and he kicks out. But then later in the match, Jim Cornette, who's the manager of the Midnight Express, comes in with a belt again. And this time he's caught by Billy Gunn and acts like he's been, you know, <laughs> caught red-handed. Yeah, he's, he's fingers in the cookie jar. <laughs> yeah, and he's kicking his legs like a cartoon. And then this is the China low blow. She walks yeah. up behind Cornette and they milk it. She takes her sunglasses off, folds them up, tucks them in into <laughs> her shirt, then kneels down. And do- China <laughs> does the best low blows whatsoever. Five-star low blows. Because she, like, loads it up and then she just goes... Whoosh, it's, like, it's just a full straight arm. Yeah. Almost has enough time to scratch the person's <laughs> nose. Like that's how, that's how like well she does it. But and yeah, fun ending. And then Cornette sells it like a cartoon. And then the match ends. And you know what? 
as for a Midnight Express match, it was fine. I wrote, and then Cornette probably complained about it on his podcast. Thing is, like, I wrote down, if it wasn't for the Outlaws, this would be worse than the head Al Snow versus Two Much. Yeah, this is the best out, uh, it's, it's Midnight Express they, match we've seen because of because the Outlaws. Because of the Outlaws. Yeah. It's an awful match. Please get rid of the NWA. And I think there's a couple more, um, more pay-per-views which we have to sort of go through the end of air there but anyway uh, we finally get to the King of the Ring final The Rock versus Ken Shamrock now King of the Ring from 1997 Triple H is out on commentary which I thought was a really nice touch yeah he was injured at this point and being the you know reigning, reigning. King of the yeah. Ring to have him on commentary is very cool um, he is in full like DX Triple H mode. He hasn't been able to show this side of his personality, so he's just making as many dumb jokes as he can in this segment. He also has some pretty good points, though. Like there are some times where he gets really succinct, <laughs> and then there's other times where he makes a penis joke. Yeah, like like <laughs> like because he'll start off and be like, "Well, you know, King of the Ring is such a great launching pad. You know, it's a great way to announce yourself." Bloody 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 blah. And then he's got something like. I think uh, when China's at the Spanish announce table, it's like, I think she's saying that they want tacos or burritos. <laughs> like, <sighs> yeah, well, you know what? We'll talk about the that. Time. It's a he sign of the time. He makes that joke about tacos, and then you're like, ooh, that's a bit weird. But this is only a few weeks after DX did Blackface Nation. Yep. And you're like, oh, that's also a bit weird. And it's also only about a month after DX went to New York and did the videos, and Triple H does a bunch of jokes about... To the, oh, to the to the immigrant Chinese um, and yeah Indian tourists. It's and a you're very like, hmm. it's, but like I, like I always say, this <laughs> got a lot of this kind of gear, Triple H. But this is but the anyway. sort of gear that was being done like <laughs> exactly by exactly Conan. Like everyone was doing it back then, it's and just, I know it doesn't excuse it, but that's what made it okay back then. But in then. such a short span, he fits a lot into <laughs> a few months. <laughs> it's almost like he's sitting there taking notes during that event, and, and Leno and all. I can oh, I finally could get a chance. Yeah. Just give me one shot. He does have one great line though because China joins the Spanish announce team for Spanish commentary mm. you, and they she come does to yeah and she's speaking Spanish she's speaking Spanish yeah and then they say to Triple H oh are you bilingual and Triple H says I'm bi a lot of things but lingual isn't one of them <laughs> and, and then he, he pauses and he goes oh did I just say that and then, and then, and then JR basically follows up like I think you did pal and <laughs> <laughs> just sort of moves on uh, one thing I did like Triple H throwing shade on WCW and commentary at the very start where he's just like this is where you see the athletes which is a very big thing because I do also want to remind people that AJ Styles is 45 now <laughs> I know we always go on to that Triple H was only I think in his 20s, 20s yeah. 20, 20, late 20s yeah. Rock was only 24 which is just wild uh, Ken Shamrock and The Rock finishing out their epic feud here this is their oh, six months yeah it's been going on for, for months and months and this match started slow, and I thought, oh, this isn't like them. This builds built up. up really this ends up being a builder. great match. Yeah, I did love uh, how The Rock gets into an altercation with Triple H, though, because that sort of sets the seeds for... Like, you forget that, like, this is... SummerSlam 98 basically springboards those two guys onto the road that they then are still sort of... When was the last Rock-Triple H match, do you reckon? Last one would have been sometime oh, in 2002. I reckon. Yeah, because 04 is when he takes on Evolution. Yeah, and he's yeah. kind of done by then. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's in Hollywood by then. So, which is, I still reckon that's the big money match. If they could have done one more Rock versus Triple H, that would have been really, really cool. But yeah, so the seeds are sort of sowed there. But Shamrock, it, Shamrock is pulling out all the stops here. This is such a good match. Yeah, they build it, and in the last five minutes, they go for near falls 
on moves that you would think the crowd isn't going to buy it, but they buy all of them on some of the suplexes, the people's elbow, people's elbow, which well. actually gets a pop. Yeah. Now, now he's starting it's to get slowly, cheered for it's it. Slowly getting that, like, okay, now they're refining it a little bit. He's not quite there yet. No, still not quite there yet. But yeah, these guys have great chemistry, <laughs> and you know, obviously, The Rock would induct Ken Shamrock into the Impact Hall of Fame. That's right for a reason because the early parts of their careers were tied together. And yeah, what a great way to finish the feud in this match. What do you think of that transition into the ankle lock too? Because I thought that like the grapevine sort of little thing. Yeah, it was really, cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah. Shamrock was lying on the floor and rolled the rock up from that position. It was yeah. awesome. He was so good. Um, then we get to the the bit that everyone knows and loves: the Hell in a Cell. It lowers Jr. and King hype the cell and how dangerous it is. And it was only the one Hell in a Cell match before this. It's it's funny too how like you know this is still fresh and new and they they treat it they give it the respect it deserves, and not its own pay per view, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because when was the first Hell in a Cell actual pay per view like the branded one? Twenty thirteen, I think. Far out. Probably in that era. It's really? been a pay per view for a long time now. But that's like not that long, not that long ago really. Ten years. It, yeah, like like when you think about it, like this is what nine ninety eight and like mm. it didn't get its own pay per view until. Yeah, true. That's like Elimination Chamber. That didn't get true. its own pay per view. That was always no. It did because it was technically no way out. And then it was Survivor Series. We kind of it started at Survivor. It started series. at Survivor Series, and then in O two it was Survivor Series. O three was at SummerSlam because that's when Goldberg won the title. Yeah. O four, uh, it was at New Year's Revolution. That then, was the one in uh, Chile. No, uh, nah, that Puerto was O five. Is that O five? That was Puerto yeah. Rico, wasn't it? Whatever it was. Yeah. 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 Um, but then it became so whoever won the rumble then the following pay-per-view would be so like whoever won the, won the royal rumble if it was raw smackdown you go face your respective brand and then to figure out who faces for the other title at no way out you'd have to win the elimination chamber ah. yeah so they kind of just renamed no way out to elimination chamber yeah unofficially oh, cool. it was that cool. pay-per-view. Uh, which has never been called elimination chamber in uh, in germany for obvious reasons uh, mm. It's called No Escape, funnily enough. Probably better. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe possibly worse. Yeah. Uh, look. Oh, yeah, or worse, actually. <laughs> um, so uh, it's Mankind versus Undertaker. Mankind is out first. and um, Go straight to the top. Then I, yeah, just climb straight to the top. And uh, I didn't. I don't really have too much notes about this because it is one of those matches where you just, just sit Yeah, sit like I've seen this match so many times. And um, take it all in. The one thing that really, and th- it's very early on, and it's, it's always stuck in my head, the commentary, and then when I was re-watching the match this morning, I'm like, oh, it's such a good line of commentary. Um, it's when, like, Taker goes to the top straight away as well, and they're brawling on the top and brawling, brawling, and then Taker goes near the edge of the cage, and then JR is like, he's like, there's nothing between Undertaker um, and the floor apart from imagination. I'm like, that is yeah, so really good. good. Yeah. That is such a good line of commentary. JR and King are as much a part of why this match is good as the stupidity of the actual match yeah. itself. Yeah. Like it's the presentation, like this feels similar to the first Hell in Cell match. That felt cinematic. It was like, oh my yeah. god, this is a big event. This match feels like that too. The other one too is like the thing that made the first Hell in a Cell match so good is Shawn Michaels' absolute fear in it. Mm. Like, you know, he's he's like looking everywhere, he's just like, oh crap, I have I'm screwed here. And this one, what what I feel makes so much about this is just mankind He's complete, like, it's like, okay, I'm going to dish out as much violence as I can as quickly as possible. Because his first bump takes place within, like, 
Within the first five minutes. Is off the cage. Yeah. I actually forgot. I thought it was so it. early on. <laughs> yeah, it's within two. Like, it's the first it's move. It's the first spot. He throws I him off the cage. Because f- you always forget, like, they go from, yeah, like, that's part of commentary that I just spoke about. That's on the left-hand side of the screen. Mm. And then they move across, and the, they walk across the middle, and then the floor gives way. Which is and terrifying, they, honestly. And they, they almost <laughs> fall through. They get out of that. And then it's it's... Brawly, 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 and just throws him off. And then, obviously, like the most iconic call of country of all time. It's it's an insane match. It's also a weird reaction. I think, like in my head, I'm like, oh my god, the crowd must go so crazy when he does it. They do initially, but then there's a weird, weird silence, silence for so long. And I think it's like, what are we watching? And because Jr. goes very shooty as well. Well, I think because. Well, Probably they was like, thinking, the what's happened? Look, but they didn't know that he was going to fall off the top no. of the cage. Yeah, it was just the two of them didn't. Oh, not two, only like a, a select amount of people. Yeah, because know. they wanted that natural reaction. So JR would have seen that and just absolutely gone bunto. I hope they told the Spanish announce team because they weren't Maybe. standing or moving away. They were sitting while yeah. Foley was falling at them. That's Either a that, giant man. Or they have got like, you know, Speedy Gonzalez like reflexes. To just, <laughs> oh, no. There was just a cloud of commentators. <laughs> well, they were. Because I was watching one of them. Maybe it was Hugo or whoever. It was the same guy who at WrestleMania when The Undertaker did his suicide dive. And copped it. And he fell in slow motion. If you watch this again, (laughs) he fell in slow motion here when Foley (laughs) fell. So I don't know if that was like a signature bump of his, you know? Yeah, so this is just insane. But it's really weird. Like, the actual match itself, like, the whole... Like, it actually doesn't go for that long. Like, like a, a, a good, like, third of the match is just, like checking on is Mick Foley Foley dead (laughs) and then I I, I said this to you boys when we're having lunch I I love I love dad dad outfit um Undertaker. Uh, no, Daniel Undertaker is great. Oh, but, uh, oh Terry, Terry, Funk. Terry. Yeah, the Funker rocks out with his New Balance, his tracky dacks, his T-shirt, and his baseball cap with his um. The Funk U. And then, yeah, and then he's got his um his bummy on. He's yeah. got his bum bag. <laughs> but they he, had to do something yeah. to kill some time because Foley is clearly injured here. <laughs> Terry Funk comes out. The doctors come out, and even Vince McMahon comes out, who they can kind of justify in story because you know Foley's kind of a, he's a trying bit to of suck a up to the um uh, to to the corporation. He's here. wearing his shirt and tie for the first time yeah. here on pay per view as well. But there's a look on Vince McMahon's face when they cut to him that it's almost one of the only times on camera. Like is he's Vince not McMahon regretting what he's airing right now? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yep. I think so. And then like it's obviously like and then like. <laughs> I forgot that they like started to like bring the cage up and like Taker was standing and it was such a cool like visual. Yeah. Like Taker's like standing there like looking down and like as he's being raised on the top like this is this is really epic. sick. And the crowd starts chanting for the Undertaker quite loudly at yeah. this point. Like are they happy he did this? I and, guess so. And then I, and then obviously like you know we get and then obviously Jared's like well you know they, they need to get like they need to get a stretcher they need to get him out and they get him out to the ramp. And then, you know, Foley stumbles down like, like he's for, drunk. For, for better or worse, like they don't, they would never do that again. No. no, but it's just a sign of the times. Like we constantly keep saying, this is the sort of stuff that people, that WWE and WCW are throwing at each other to be the ultimate product. And at this point in time, I think this is actually the first pay per view where the eighty three weeks 
the streak's done. It's like, over. It's done. Yeah. 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 And the shot, though, of Foley getting up from the stretcher, and Undertaker at this point has climbed down on the commentary side. He sees Foley climbing back up, and he says, all right, let's do it. The shot of them both climbing and the crowd getting excited lifting. again and yeah. lifting is amazing. And then, and then obviously, like, well, this is, like, one of my favorite, like, stories in wrestling. And I'm so excited I'm on the show for this one. Is when, obviously, the next massive spot is when... Foley gets chokeslammed through the cage and the cage door and the cage opens and he's through the Mick Foley's on record saying that he that he didn't take that bump properly and if he did he would have died well he wasn't the cage wasn't meant to to break the cage wasn't meant to break and he said that he didn't actually like bump properly anyway and then he said that because the cage broke and he didn't bump properly it actually threw him to bump properly oh because he sort of spun him around to hit properly and he said if he didn't he probably would have died if the if it was just like the if it just if it didn't spin him he would have landed like head first yeah and it would have he would have been dead well he would have got yeah if he did if he did a flat back bump from that height Whereas with the cage actually like, you know, coming down, it's it's crazy. And it's then wild. the chair follows him down that was on top of the cell and smashes him, him in the, in the face. Head, and that's where the teeth come out. So And then insane. you got Undertaker who just like monkey swings down into the which looks awesome. Yeah. And then breaks his ankle. His ankle was already hurt, but now he breaks it. Now he it, breaks yeah. it, yeah. And then what I love the most is all the officials like like clamp because yeah. they obviously they sell it as a shoot, you know, this guy's insane. He's just thrown a guy off a cage twice. And they just Gamber out and they like because the cage is lowering, they're like sliding under the cage. It looks awesome as a visual. Yeah, that, that's what this match is. It's not even about being a match. It's, it's just a just, spectacle. Like, what am I watching? So awesome. Yep. And the crowd again pops huge for the Undertaker here, and they start more Undertaker chants. Mick Foley at this point, I don't. I know they keep saying the cage wasn't meant to break, but why were there zip ties on it, and why do you see them fly off? Yeah. Why was that held together with just, you know... Maybe like, a bit of give, maybe? Like, it's just odd. Yeah. The whole thing is odd. Like, if they didn't I, know, I, these I, guys are so... They weigh so much. Did they really think, ah, oh, we'll just put some plastic ties on it? Well, I reckon maybe the cage wasn't supposed to break because the the start of the match when they're walking and it just gives. Yeah. I reckon it may, probably wasn't supposed to. Yeah, and they took that risk. Yeah. And it's just... No, but it's like, like look, if like there's a chance it could break, but don't worry, the zip ties will... That's, that'll, that'll that's what they must place. have yeah. thought. Yeah. I do want to say, everyone talks about JR's call, but the King's call when uh, Foley falls through and he just says, that's it, he's dead, to me is yep. so good. Yeah, because it's so good. It's just real. Although he's moving. The great camera, what are we doing? Of Mick Foley like in the corner, deranged and smiling. With his tooth hanging out of his nose very 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 disturbing and also i do want to say like not to take anything away from the match or the commentary which is you know iconic but jr used the broken in half line a year earlier when sean fell off the cage he the exact same line he says my god he's broken in half so like we all get on michael cole for having his you know notes written but jr went to the well this one's cooler because way cooler because he probably was broken and also because it's because he uses the with God as my witness. Yes, that is what sells it. He does expand it, so I, he remixes the call. It's I good. do like yeah. though how Jr. is so indignant over people that question. You know, like <laughs> yeah, he does that again. Like, he's just so good. How do you learn how to fall? They can't train a fall like oh, that. Oh yeah, he just fully broke kayfabe. He's, and he's yeah. just like you know, this is real. Like you know, you guys, are idiots. This is real. Jr. will just do this sometimes. Like he just met, pictures in his head one guy who one time said, "Oh, you know, wrestling's fake," and sometimes he'll just 
just rage out at this imaginary person. It's good. <laughs> yeah, so it's a it's a very, very cool uh, match. It's it, It'll never be replicated ever again, no matter how much you try. I know. And, and Terry Funk, though, again, has to come in again to kill more time because they must not know if Foley's going to continue. Gonna even walk, yeah. Terry Funk with a great, like, small touch, and only when they mentioned it did I specifically look for it. When Taker is setting up the chokeslam, you'll see Terry Funk shuffling his feet around. And so when Taker hits him with the chokeslam, as he's lying down, Terry Funk kicks off his shoes. So it looks like Undertaker chokeslammed him <laughs> out, out of his, his shoes. shoes. And then King, uh, no, JR calls it. It's like it chokeslammed him right out of his shoes. And the shoes are just sitting there on the mat. So good. awesome. Yeah, man. That, that's the funker, though. He'll go that extra mile. So, yeah, uh, Taker gets the win here in this absolutely epic match. After three bumps on him. That's the biggest thumbtack bet I've ever seen in my life. There are so many tacks. Uh, and that's what makes this match even stupider. Everyone remembers, yeah, everyone remembers falling off. He then takes the stairs to the shoulder, which looks very painful. That's what, and that's what ripped his shoulder out, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah. I'm sure it didn't help. <laughs> it's not, not going to be true. <laughs> and then this is the first time we've ever seen thumbtacks in the WWE or any match mainstream hmm. wrestling that promotion ECW. Yeah. yeah so we see that and again not three one tack bumps. three bumps and he even rolls in them why and the would third you do one's that? the worst because because the first one he kind of eats some of them and that's when he rolls yeah to get it more and the second one he goes a bit more but the third one like the third and final one is just all tack yep. yeah. and it's sick and then he takes his tombstone on his head yeah yeah it's yeah. just a wild still this 25 years later Still wild Still to a watch. wild match Mick to watch. Foley wonders why he can't walk. Like yeah. Um, then we get to our next match, which is Kane versus Stone Cold First Blood. We get a, a video package recapping the lead-up to Kane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is a hell of a story. It's a great story package. <laughs> yep. So basically, Kane is the secret weapon of Vince McMahon here, and they kind of, you know, stack the deck. If Kane loses, he'll set himself on fire. No, no, wait. At myself on fire. <laughs> yeah. Talk box cane. It's a bit extreme. <laughs> oh, oh, you missed the full. Like, that's how Kane used to cut promos. Like, oh, I know, but, but setting yourself on fire if you the, lose a match. Oh, yeah, setting yourself on it's fire. Like like Kane's got two words for you. Suck it. <laughs> that's one of the biggest pops ever, though. The crowd loves that. But, like, um, that, that whole thing, it's like in those, like, 90s, like, rom coms. It's like, you know, Stacey, if, if you break up with me. I won't leave anymore. It's like, if I lose this match, I will set myself on fire. Yeah, Kane's like full emo here if yeah. he doesn't get what he wants. <laughs> Kane, is, Kane is 90s Gerard Way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not cool behavior, Kane. No one thinks this is cool anymore. He's not okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Austin now is screwed because how do you beat Kane in a first blood Someone match? Someone who's covered head to toe in... Yeah, and to really push it, Kane doesn't even have the one arm the one exposed. Arm. Yeah. He's yeah. fully covered here, so it's some real BS. But I love Vince McMahon in this era because he isn't full cartoon yet. He's just saying it like, oh, it's a first blood match. I'm just being fair. Yeah, and yeah it's good. <laughs> so Kane, as you mentioned, is covered completely head to toe uh, with ring attire. Austin just has his boots and trunks. That's the other part that I love. Like, Austin just doesn't care. Like, he, oh. he just... He's always the same thing, and that's the appeal of him because it's just like, I'm here to show up for a fight, regardless. 
heads at the, or he has his trunks and his boots on, but he also has a golf. He has a tennis ball size amount of packing on his elbow because he had was it a staff infection? A staff infection, yeah. which I know, like at the time, I guess I didn't really know what it was. When you watch this now as well, you're like, why did you let him wrestle? Yep. He can yep. die from that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Steve Austin's <laughs> crazy. Obviously, it was it was just, it was the style of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the cell, Jr. and King do a great job of selling. Um, and just like the indignation when the hell in a cell starts lowering again, like it's like who's controlling this? Like it's got a mind of its yeah, own. It's like oh, it must be Paul Bearer. It's like yeah, fair. It's yeah, so good, so good. But <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can just imagine Paul Bearer up in the catwalk going, Ooh! and <laughs> yeah. just like playing with the switch of like up and down. Up <laughs> yeah. down. Well, did we see? Didn't Road Dog was it? He, he was in like the control uh, box. The shark cage for China. Yeah. We actually did see who yeah. was controlling it <laughs> yeah, once. So you, see, you see like Road Dog like that. <laughs> But um, t- to follow up one of the most iconic matches of all time with this and still have the crowd hot yeah. is... The fact that the crowd that weren't, they weren't burnt was yeah. wild. It's a testament to how over Austin was and that Kane was actually the real deal, that they, how much they built up Kane. Yeah, because Kane debuted in October 97, oh. didn't really have pay-per-view matches till Survivor Series, so November. That's what? Eight, six to eight months? Yeah. That's wild. And here build. he's wrestling for the world title and completely over with Steve Austin. This is your typical, I won't say typical because we get a bit of the Hell in a Cell too, mm. but this is just the main event attitude era brawl and the crowd loves it and it's kind of fun. How good is the bit? So when the cell starts lowering and Kane's got Austin there and it looks like he's going to decapitate him. Like, and yeah. Aust and JR and King are just selling the danger of the cell. It's just so well done. Because he's going to crush his neck with this cell, which, you know, who's going to stop it? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Then it's- at one point, Kane is stuck in the door. Oh, and then and they raise up. the cell and he's just hanging. Like he's about it's- to do a waterfall on the monkey bars. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like it's like um it's like the death in one of the one of the deaths in Scream the first Scream you know when she's stuck in the doggy in door. the doggy door and yeah. the garage goes up yeah there you go that oh was, my god was this on purpose that was, was that would have been before this yeah ninety six ish it was a callback I reckon it was because Kane's you and know the we, horror movie and if character. we go by you know how how quickly wrestling is to catch up to things it fits the timeline. Because normally it takes about two or three years before you get the, the pop culture reference. Yeah, that's true. And when was Scream? 96. Because last yeah. year was 25 years. Okay, so. there you go. Two years late, that yeah. is on time hey, for look, wrestling. It's, it's, no, that's, it's more on time than Sting and the Crow. <laughs> yeah, though. that's true. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, four years. Yeah, so like the action spills out to the outside as well. There's also cans of gasoline around the ring, which is also kind of cool. We should have mentioned that. Throughout the whole show, King and JR are like, can you smell the gasoline that Kane's yes. going to use? I can smell it. And you know it, why? You know? Because it's an objective can right in front yeah. of you, JR. Why would God the can it? be on the commentary table? So dumb, I know. <laughs> why, can, why can I smell gasoline? Because yeah, it's about <laughs> half a foot from your bloody face. Yeah. I've written here epic shenanigans to end the match. Oh my God, shenanigans are us. It is it's a new just shop. shenanigan city at the moment. <laughs> because you know, we, we talked about the intense brutality that Kane, uh, okay, that Mankind and uh, The Undertaker went through. Mick Foley comes out for a run-in. Oh, yeah. Full, di- full disclosure, I watched the last 10 minutes of this match while the three of us were eating KFC about an hour and a half ago. <laughs> so this is fresh in our minds. Yeah, and watching Mick Foley stumble out for a <laughs> running is 
Just with just blood all over his shirt. Still got blood on him. He's missing a tooth. His shoulder is separated, and he's got a concussion. And he's doing a run. But then the greatest run of all time, as we said, street clothes. Dad Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker. Bottom half is. He's still know, in his working gear. Bottom, bottom half is ring attire. Top half is uh, like original. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> original attire. Twelve in uh, yeah. wrestler. It's, it's it's like it's it's like a six XL. It's this huge like dress of a t shirt, and he's got his hair out. He looks pretty cool i swear i've seen this guy at, at like a gig before <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> and leather he, pants he's stumbling out too because his ankle is wrecked by yeah. this point oh yeah. yeah so he comes out and gets to a lead to the great finish which is he goes for a chair shot allegedly on kane accidentally hits austin causing austin to uh, to bust himself open <laughs> and then undertaker just loses his mind yeah he just turns into a pyromat tried to set fire to the ref. Well, no, no, he wasn't trying to set fire on him. The gasoline revived. Is that him. how he's trying yeah, to revive Yeah, yeah, that's him. what they said. Yeah, I yeah. was trying. Oh, I'm thinking, why is he trying no, to set no, no. fire to the ref? No, nah, Jr. was like, oh, he's trying to wake him up with the fumes of the gasoline because oh. that's how I wake people up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go down to the BP that's on the corner of Camp My alarm clock is just you know like alarm one and then a tub of unleaded just. <laughs> Straight onto my head. Wow, do you, you have that much money? Rolling two dollars sixteen a litre, Roman Nims, and you're splashing it on yourself. That's why I say invest in a Costco membership. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. You ha- that's why you have the hybrid car. Exactly. Yeah, but so take a like the ref, um, and this is the best part about this is so while the ref is still out, Austin and Kane are still fighting as if like you know nothing's happening. Yeah, because Austin doesn't. No, he's bleeding. No, he would. Yeah, he's violence. That gig job. Oh my god. Austin he was, cut a train track into his head. He was going to make it worth it because they kept saying early in the match, it's up to the referee's discretion. He's not going to call it for a scratch or a yeah. nosebleed. And what's funny about it? Austin, Austin does cut his back. back he's yep. bleeding, and they're like, "Nah, they're not going to call that." Which is very good. Yeah, uh, uh, the foresight to do that was fantastic. Because I remember seeing a House of Hardcore Australia match, which, in fact, my buddy Ned was at yeah. at the moment uh, of Grey Wolf Entertainment, uh, where it was a first blood match between Tommy Dreamer and Joey Mercury. I've heard of the, I've heard this story. And uh, Tommy Dreamer shoots Joey Mercury into the corner. Joey Mercury just falls down, and then um, Dreamer runs in, gives him a knee. Which then causes him to bleed from the mouth. And then they both just sort of, like, Mercury's like. And Tommy Dream is standing there looking at him, just like. And then the ref's like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that, that, that was like happen. 2015, 16, yeah. I think. Yeah, 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 I've heard I've heard the stories. <laughs> See, so that's why. So when Austin was ready to bleed, it was like, I'm going to make this worth it. And hey, woof. And it's a great ending because he's bleeding, but it wasn't from Kane. The Undertaker caused it by accident because he smashed a chair into Austin's chair into his face. Kane doesn't have to set himself on fire. Kane doesn't have to set himself on fire. And then Kane is the WWE champion, but now we don't know. Are Kane and the Undertaker in cahoots? Mm. Which is something we would hear for months now. Oh my god! And as a kid, I had never heard the word cahoots before. <laughs> but geez, did I know what it meant from commentary because of this angle? Because it was the the thread line for for months. So much so to the point where like Raws would end where they'd both be standing like you know one would be like they'd have numerous ways to finish it. They'd either both be standing side by side in the ring. One would be in the ring, one would be at, uh, at the entrance ramp, one might be... Then they'd swap. Kane would be at the entrance ramp, I think. Then Kane would dress as The Undertaker. Then The Undertaker would dress as Kane. It's like yeah. every combination to... to oh, are they cahoots? Are they working together? And this is when we would eventually see the four 
formation of the Brothers of Destruction. So this sets off some really good stuff here. Hell yeah. Very, very cool stuff. But yes, that wraps up the pay-per-view. A very, very cool one. As we sort of said, from top to bottom, it went, it flew by. It was was a really good show. If you take out that tag match, we've got ourselves a pretty good show. Yeah. Take out both tag matches, actually. Uh, Because I didn't rate, like, the New Age Outlaws one, I'll happily pass. No, that's the one I'm taking out. The six-man was fine. Yeah, keep the six-man. Keep the the six-man. Head head and uh, Al Snow versus two much. That was the worst. Yeah, yeah, get rid of those two tag matches. The six-man can stay. Keep the six-man, yeah. And play and take. I will say, even though he wins the title, like, the next night again, Austin... Austin's first title reign is only three months long. I was thinking that when I was reading the results. I was like, there was no build. (laughs) Yeah, but it, I guess it was, you know, they everyone was desperate for ratings. So I was like, we'll make you watch Raw because now Austin has his rematch. Correct. I'm going to have to watch that rematch, though. I've never, I've never seen him with the title. So oh, I want to hear the pop. So oh, it's huge. prior to, because the WWE title hasn't swapped on TV for, like, you can name it. Like, So I think after Austin wins it, the next time it's won on TV is Angle beating Austin in 01. Really? Yeah. And then the next time is AJ Styles beating Jinder Mahal on SmackDown in like 2017, 2018? No, no, the Undertaker, Austin beats Undertaker for the title on Raw, I think in 99 99. as well. Yeah, then it's the... Oh, then it's that one. Then it's Angle winning in 01. Wow. After No Mercy. Uh, Or Austin wins off Angle after No Mercy because he gets the American pop because it's September 20... Yeah, it is. 2001. And then it's almost like 20 years before the WWE title changes hand. And the only reason is because, like, we've got to get this thing off gender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're desperate now. But, yeah, all right, let's go through our MVPs. We'll start off with you, Owen. I mean, if it's anyone but mankind, you're a bit of a... You, you kind of got to, don't you? You kind of need to. Yeah, you can't be that cool and be like, oh, actually, no, oh, give me actually, actually, <laughs> actually, give it Actually, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm going to give it to the head. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Mick Foley. It's got to be Mick Foley. <laughs> yeah. With an assist to the commentary, who were excellent on the show, but yeah, it's obviously JR mankind. was prime and King was pretty good, but yeah. yeah, you got a Mick Foley. He got thrown off a cage, he got thrown through a cage, and he got three tack bumps, and then he manages to do a run into the main and, and like, got one uh, more stunner or chair yep, shot to yep, top yeah, it off. Like, on, why man. did he do any of this? Yeah, so yeah, it's got to be Foley, surely. It was a sign of the times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah. But as you said, we were watching it in the, in, before. Like that chair shot that that Austin gets is horrific. Yeah, it's uh, it's like they swing for the fences with those chair shots back in the day. CTE what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey, look, that wraps up another edition of Reliving the Wall. We'll all three of us be back again same time next month with the Great American Bash. Yay! Which I can't <laughs> quite remember how that went. I my memory of '98 WCW is gone at this point. Because, I have no idea what happens anymore. I think, so we're going in blind. Because pretty much once Scott Hall becomes last call, Scott Hall, I rapidly lose interest in WCW. Yeah, you know what? Me too. Like I, I enjoyed the Wolfpack as a kid because they seemed cool. That was really off-putting, even as a kid, yeah. the Scott Hall stuff. Just him not being part of it, and then them dragging him with the, the drunk stuff on TV. Him vomiting just... on TV. Yeah, uh, like they, they, There's even a part on in, in an episode of Nitro where Scott Hall is drunk, visibly drunk. Now, we don't know if it's like kayfabe or not, but like he throws up on Eric Bischoff, and to the point where Kevin Nash actually comes out. So Kevin Nash is feuding with NWO Hollywood and like tries to console... 
Scott Hall. So, like, yeah, they made some... Like, you talk about some poor decisions made by the WWF. There's some equally poor ones oh, yeah. made in WCW as well. And then he randomly appears in a mental asylum when Ric Flair's crazy <laughs> in 19... 19- it's... Then Ric Flair becomes the president. There is... Yeah, we are... Very much, you can tell where everyone... <laughs> this is probably a good catalyst where you can see where everyone like jumps back on the WWF bandwagon. Yeah, and it all makes sense because yeah. one show is a lot better and one show gets worse. Yeah, so so we'll be there for the Great American Bash. Remember, you can catch up on every single episode of Reliving the War. Greywolfentertainment.net is where you can do that. And follow our socials, ENT, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But we'll catch you next month for the Great American Bash. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.